Florida A&M declines the 2024 Orange Blossom Classic Invitation. So for the first time in history, FAMU will not be in the OBC. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics. Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off doesn't mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive starts with an S ends with an S. Today's episode will start with the big news that FAMU has withdrawn themselves from the 2024 Orange Blossom Classic. It'll wrap up with the preseason polls from the SEAC Media Day, which is voted on by the coaches and SIDs. In the, in the conference that will tell you who they believe is going to be the best team all the way down to the worst team this upcoming football season. And in between all of that, Howard head coach Larry Scott had some what I believe to be ridiculous reasoning for why there should have been a MEAC championship game last season. But we'll get into that right now. FAMU has withdrawn from the OBC. So in 2024, for the first time ever, and I mean ever, Florida A&M will not be in the Orange Blossom Classic. And this, to me, is extremely weird. I know that we've seen tradition be stepped away from relatively recently. You've seen it with Jackson State that says, you know what, we're not playing in the Southern Heritage Classic, so they won't be there this year. We've seen Alabama A&M switch how they handle the Magic City Classic. But this is different. You look at Alabama A&M, they're still going to be in the Magic City Classic. They just essentially have new management. If we're talking about using analogies, they just have new management in how they're going to handle the game. They're still in the game. You look at Jackson State, yes, they stepped away, but A, because they were a primary rival of, of Tennessee State, but A, that game hadn't been as long as the OBC. The OBC has about a decade in duration on the Southern Heritage Classic. B, Jackson State actually missed two games before. I know it's not a lot, but they have missed games before. And then also, they're not the team who is it's not in their home state. So they're the team that always has to travel for real. So it's a little different. You know, like the, the SHC is in Tennessee, right? The OBC is in Florida. And even more so when it comes to Florida A&M, they have never missed a game, and it's been a revolving door. So even if you want to look at the Southern Heritage Classic as a Jackson State-Tennessee thing, the OBC is a FAMU thing. This is a FAMU event. Multiple teams have been in there. Jackson State's been there the last two going on three seasons, but multiple teams have been in the bunch. 
So it's not like anybody really holds half of the OBC. This is FAMU's event in FAMU's backyard. This is an event that is the FAMU Orange Blossom Classic, essentially. So for them to step away, it's weird to me. And it'll be adjustment period. There will be an adjustment period, but the show will go on. We do know that. Also, they only declined 2024. Doesn't mean they'll be back in 2025, but it means that 2025 is an option. 2024 seems to be off the table. I don't know if they come together and they put something together real quick to where now we are going to have the OBC in 2024 with FAMU. I don't think so. I think it's very unlikely that that, that happens. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say the same weekend that they planned the OBC, and they could always just do it a different weekend, but the, the weekend they plan on doing the OBC in 2024 Fam, you will be playing the University of Miami. I believe that is the case. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that to be the case. But why are you stepping away from tradition? Let's step away from the fact that it's weird to me and kind of odd. But why are you doing this? According to AD Tiffany Don Sykes, and I'm going to paraphrase this quote, but this is essentially what she said. I'm not changing anything. They owe it to the season ticket holders, to the uh, the investing champions and some other groups to have five to six home games in Tallahassee annually. In 2021, we're talking about since this has came back. In 2021, you had four home games. In 2022, you had five home games. In 2023, this upcoming season, you're going to have four home games. So that's two out of three years that you didn't meet the quota that you're looking for and never have you given them six in the last three years. So this is essentially an impediment to being able to provide this. Cool, if that's how you feel, go ahead. I know some people will have their opinions and be like, yeah, you don't need to do that. But I've also heard the idea of the investing champions package having to decrease in how much it costs. And then that has a revenue effect and all of those things. But if we're going to talk money, we have to talk about the controversy that kind of surrounds this. Because if that's why she wants to leave, I don't think many people are going to question it. Many people will have their opinion on whether or not that's a good reason. But I don't know if people are really going to question like, ah, is that really what's going on? You want to leave because you want to give more home games? Okay, fine. Because four, five, four, four, five, four, that's the life of a neutral site team. That's the life of it. You know, you look at Grambling over the past couple of years, they've had three home games. They played a bunch of neutral site games, three home games consistently. So it's the life. I get it. But the controversy comes in the fact that AD Don Sykes said that she never saw 400,000 from the OBC. Rattler Nation, I'm about to have some numbers via Rattler Nation. Rattler Nation, the blog podcast, or not podcast, but the blog, they posted an email from the OBC to Miss Tiffany Dawn Sykes giving guarantees of 450, 500, and then 525 over the next three years of the contract, which is 2024, 2025, and 2026. Now, I think I think where things are bad is because money shouldn't really be a question. If you don't want to be in there, you don't want to be in there. But when there's differing stories, now it's like, okay, is there something more? When she says she hasn't seen 400,000, is there a reason that she said that, even though we have emails that say that she has seen it? It makes you wonder if money is a question. And if money is a question, then I don't really understand. I don't. Because that 450 plus travel, so that's not even included in the travel. 
You're going to get 450000 guaranteed paid out, payout, and then we're going to cover your travel. That's a better deal than what you're getting at USF. You're playing South Florida this year, 465000 travel not included. And the OBC is going to take your band with you if you even decide to bring the band with you to USF. Significantly less money. You're probably making about the same money there as you're making for an average home game. If you start talking about travel and things of that nature, right? Um, because it's not cheap. Like that's that's an expensive travel. That is an expensive travel. So uh I don't really understand the money aspect. And once again, money might not be the issue. I don't want to say it is. You know, I I know I'm apparently I'm an op to fam you now. If you ask a couple of people on social media, because I said what I said about Kamari Stevens, I'm an op now, but I don't know if money is an issue. I hope it isn't because you're going to get more to face an FCS opponent, opponent that if you beat is not an upset, you're getting more for a real competitive game than you are for the money game against a big school that if you win, it's an upset. We won't count you out, but let's be real. It's an upset. You are heavy underdogs. You're getting more for that. And that's about the idea of going against an FBS team is two benefits. One, your players get to have film against FBS. But then also, you get money. And if you get more money on this level, money better not be the issue. And we'll keep it at that. We'll keep it at that. Once again, if she just wants to give home games more, okay. I, I, I completely understand. I still think it's odd to step away from this tradition and have the event go on, it's going to be weird. Something you have to get accustomed to. But overall, I think we'll accept it. Going forward, or also there will be a 2024 OBC. Just to be clear, there will be a 2024 OBC. Fam, you just won't be a part of it. And we'll see if those sides can come together for 2025 and beyond. Right, But I just want to make sure that that was clear. And going forward, Howard head coach for football, Larry Scott, said there should have been a MEAC championship game for this reason. And I'll tell you what, this reasoning is something I just can't get down with, but we will explore it as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about fit, the perfect fit. Got to have the right quarterback. Got to have the right pass rusher. You got to have the right cornerback. You got to have the right everything, offensive line. Everything has to fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle because every part needs to fit just right. So next time that you need parts and accessories, I suggest that you go to eBay Motors and every part you need is going to fit right the first time around. All you have to do is add your ride, whatever you're driving, to the My Garage section and look for the green check so that you know the part fits. It's simple as that. Or your money comes back to you. Ain't no such thing as losing. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, right fit, and right prices at ebaymotors.com. Like Broncos Country, let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply.
And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, finally getting to our five HBCU transfers from a Power 5 level who will make an impact. But this was just a bunch of timely information. So that had to take the back burner. And maybe we'll be back to that on Monday. Who knows the way that news keeps dropping. But right now, Larry Scott, head coach for Howard Football, had what I believe to be a ridiculous reasoning that a MEAC championship game should have happened last year. I, I just, I do not understand it. Shout out to Jeff Lightsey. He's been on the show before. Last week, I believe, maybe two weeks ago. He had the Willie Simmons soundbite that we discussed. You know, he had the uh, the Jet, he had the Larry Scott soundbite that we're about to discuss. So shout out to to Jeff on that. But the Howard head football coach had this to say. He said, "I would have loved that there was a situation where we Howard were four and one. You North Carolina Central was four and one. Stop there. If we're campaigning." If we're campaigning for a MEAC championship game, stop there. You're good. I hear you loud and clear. We're 4-1. They're 4-1. Let's go ahead and come together for a MEAC championship game. Cool. But he didn't stop there. Then he begins to say, you lose North Carolina Central. You lost to a team that everyone else played well against. At this point, Jeff kind of interjects and says, you can say it like you beat South Carolina State. Right? And he agrees. Coach Scott agrees, to which Jeff said, but, you know, North Carolina Central beats you. He kind of shrugs that off. Ah! And he said, I would love a game after that. Like, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? You're trying to tell me. You're trying to tell me that North Carolina Central beat Howard. Howard beat South Carolina State. South Carolina State beat North Carolina Central. But only Central and Howard were tied, and for some reason, that constitutes a MEAC championship game? What? Don't you know we have tiebreakers? We have tiebreakers for a reason. Because by saying this, you're essentially saying the tiebreaker shouldn't matter. And when the tiebreaker is head-to-head, I think that should matter. That was crazy talk. Like, I don't want to come off disrespectful. But I thought the idea that that is the reason there should have been a championship game was ridiculous. I'm all for campaigning for your your, your team, players, fans, coaches. I'm all for that. But this one, let's leave that out of there because that doesn't make any kind of sense. I, I understand that you are a conference, not a division, but you are about the size of a of a division. You are the size of a division. So let's apply divisional logic to this. Let's go collegiate. I don't even have to go to the pros. Let's go collegiate. Let's say that Texas Southern and Alcorn tied in the in the SWAC West. Let's say they tied in the SWAC West. Do you think anybody's saying, you know what? I know that Alcorn, you know, they, they, they beat Texas Southern, but, you know, Texas Southern beat a couple of the teams that beat Alcorn. Bro, me and my TSU flag are going to sit at home because that is ridiculous. I'm not going to sit here and say we should have some sudden death match. But see, people say that's crazy because why would you have a a, a tiebreaker match for a division? I I get it. But that's essentially what you're asking for. We have head-to-head. That is the simplest tiebreaker to exist. I beat you. 
Nothing else matters. If you want to feel like fam, or excuse me, if you want to feel like Howard is a championship level team and they should have had a, another shot at North Carolina Central, that's fine. I'm all okay with that. If you want to have a MEAC championship for whatever reason, I'm okay with that. Really. If you think that, you know what, two of the last three seasons, the MEAC has ended in a co-champion, I put air quotes on it, a co-champion, I'm okay with that. And we can have that conversation. And I'll entertain that idea. I think it's a good idea. Or maybe you just feel like every conference should have a championship game, no matter how many players or, excuse me, how many teams are in the conference. I'm okay with that. But you got to miss me with this. I beat the team that beats you, even though you beat me. Therefore, we should play again to decide who's really the champion. I'm going to go so far, strip the co-off of it. You ain't champions. North, I've said this before. You are not champions in my eyes. I know what the I know what the list says. I know what I know what the history books are going to say. You are a co-champion. North Carolina Central to me, Darian Gray, aka the mouth of the South Texas Southern alum, former TSU Herald Sports editor and contributing writer at Saints Wire. Okay, all of that to me. North Carolina Central is the only champions of the MEAC this year. We have tiebreakers for a reason. They beat you. Y'all both had one loss. They gave you your one loss. And if we're even going to go so far, they smashed you. It wasn't close. It's not like, oh, man, this was a hotly contested. They lost by less to South Carolina State than they beat you by. They beat you by four scores. Like If we're really going to have this conversation and we're really going to get into it, let's really get into it. Let's get all of the context. Let's get all of the information out there. The rules are the rules. I understand you're not entitled. I understand you didn't ask to be a co-champion. But the moment you start saying that there should be a MEAC championship because of that reason? No, sir. No, sir. I'm sorry. To me, that is ridiculous. To me, that is ridiculous. Co-champions in basketball and in all these other sports, they work because you have a tiebreaker called the tournament. So when you say that, Howard and North Carolina Central are co-basketball champions. Well, at the end of the tournament, it's only going to be one. Every sport ends with one champion. Every sport ends with one champion. And in football, that champion is North Carolina Central. I hear other campaigns for the MEAC championship game. But not this. This is ridiculous. It flies directly in the face of why we have tiebreakers. So no, sir. No, sir, I'm not accepting this. Now, one thing I will accept is what the coaches say about who will be the best team in a SEAC next year, and they predict that Benedict College will run it back despite losing their quarterback. So let's explore that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU and I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day making it all the way to segment three and I thank you two times for that and the SEAC coaches and sports information directors aka the SIDs they predict that Benedict College will run it back and for the second year in a row be the SEAC champions now the SEAC media day happened earlier this week and I know we have a lot of things, media availability, interviews, right? I know my guy Blue, I got to check his his uh 
his YouTube. I don't, I don't think I've seen any interviews, but I know once it comes to MEAC, I know once it comes to the OVC, and I know when it comes to the SWAC, I know he'll be there and he'll have interviews and we'll be looking forward to those and they'll have great questions. And, you know, I'm sure that I'll try to, anyway, we're not going to get, we're not going to get too far with the plans, but the idea is that you'll have media availability. You'll be able to get sound bites. But for me, the one thing that I'm looking towards more than anything else, the one thing that I really want to see is always the preseason polls. That in the superlatives, right? And we won't get into the superlatives on today's episode. We will do it at a future episode. But I like seeing the preseason polls because, A, it gives a little bit of a glimpse towards where the teams stand right now. I know there always can be surprises, but then also from a coach's point of view. So you're not going to hear just me and random media people saying, well, I think that Benedict is this, that, and the third because of this, that, and the third. You have coaches saying, this is what I believe them to be. So they have Benedict College as the number one team in the conference. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact of their defense. And they feel like the defense is going to be really good again. Luber Dentalist is going to be the SWAC, or excuse me, the SEAC Defensive Player of the Year again. Preseason voted, at least. So you're looking at a defense that was seventh in the country. Nationally ranked seventh. They expect that to be another strong suit of the team. And I believe that's why you feel okay losing Eric Phoenix. Because you know what? Losing a quarterback is a big deal. But when you lose a quarterback and you still expect to be the number one team in this conference by your peers, that speaks volumes of something. And I think it's going to see, I think it's going to speak volumes of the defense. So you have Benedict at number one, you have Albany State at number two, Tuskegee at three. Fort Valley State at four. And we can really probably stop there, but I do want to let you know where everybody else ranks. But that's the four to really kind of focus on. Five, Savannah State. Six, Lane. Edward Waters at seven. Miles at eight. Central State at nine. Clark at 10. Allen at 11. Kentucky State at 12. Morehouse at 13. So you look at that top three. Fort Valley State, I think, is the team they think could jump and maybe make a surprise and kind of be up there. But really it's looking like a, three team that you really want to focus on at least for this conversation because Fort Valley State does also have the offensive player of the year the preseason offensive player of the year coming back in their quarterback so you can't count them out but that Albany State and Tuskegee are both switching coaches and they're switching positions so last year Albany State was three Tuskegee was two Tuskegee actually went undefeated right they ran the table until they ran into Benedict College in the conference championship game but you're looking at you're looking at teams who switch coaches, right? You have Quinn Gray coming in for Albany State. You had um, Coach Ruffin. He stepped down for Tuskegee. He's just going to be their their AD now. They they switch coaches, but then I guess I don't know. Maybe there's more faith in Coach Gray. Shout out to the family. No, we're not really related. But anyway, <laughs> um, let me get through this. I'm being stupid today. Tuskegee finished the season undefeated. They ran the table. The way things are set up right now with Benedict one, Albany two, Tuskegee three, by normal rules, you would actually see a repeat of Tuskegee versus Benedict in the SEAC championship game. But this year, they're doing it differently. This year, they're not going to just go with divisions. They've abolished the divisions. It's out of there. Erase that. Everybody's just in a pool. And everybody, whoever the best two records are, are going to be in the conference championship game. See, last year in 2022, Benedict and Albany State had this had finished with their overall record, right? They were in the same division. So 
because they were in the same division, only one could have represented the conference or that division in the conference championship game. But this year, if they do happen to have the two best records in the conference, they would just face off, even if they played already. So I think that's something that's interesting. That's something that needed to be discussed on why it changed. And that's a really good reason to look at how these things play out. Benedict to Morehouse, 1 to 13. And especially take a look at that top four of 1, Benedict, 2, Albany State, 3, Tuskegee, and 4, Fort Valley State. Those are the teams to watch in the SEAC. And going forward, I'll be discussing hopefully next week our Power 5 transfers onto the HBCU level and the five most impactful according to HBCU game day. But we'll see what happens over the weekend because news has been dropping like flies. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And in the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.